Wow, what's going on YouTube? It's your boy, The Dolo J, back with another episode of The Kicking It Dolo Podcast, man. Y'all already know, man. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute since I did a full-length episode, but we had a plethora of sporting games today. Uh, we had the Bucks, Knicks, Celtics, and Clippers. We had the Lakers and Thunder, Bengals and Steelers. We had the uh, Bills and Chargers, and I'm also getting my thoughts on Draymond Green's suspension. Make sure if you're on YouTube, make sure you go like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, make sure you go follow, leave a five-star review. Or, you know what I'm saying, like that episode and download the episode, whatever you listen to your podcast, man. But it's been a while. I've been saying I was going to come back with another episode. I've been thugging it on Spotify with the late night grinds and stuff like that. So I really hope y'all been enjoying them. But I had to bring something back to YouTube. Um, I'm thinking about doing another video later on this week. I know um, two weeks ago I did my favorite point guard 25 and under. I don't know if I'm going to do my favorite shooting guards 25 and under or just my favorite shooting guards totally in the league. Y'all know how the NBA is, man. So um, when it comes to the positions thing, it's, it's kind of very shaky because you might have a guy who's really like 6'5", but he's playing like the power forward. So it's real shaky, real shaky. But uh, I'm glad to be back. So anyways, y'all know what we do and y'all know how we do. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey. I can see the whole world sitting in my head, amazing dudes. We finna break the rules, and we gon' make them too. I can't fall asleep, I gotta stand tall, that's what a leader do. Follow me, I'm leading you. And we finna turn up, crank up the heat and they finna burn up. Told them I'm coming, I'm here. Tell them they turn up. I said it once, I'ma say it again, this is be my year. I ain't gon' show no fear, I know that I'm built to a cook. For what God want me to do. You know, the Knicks kind of made they run in the second quarter as well. Like, but also they let the Bucks just get too much momentum. That Dame, that Dame Giannis pick and roll is something else, man. Like, I don't know how you really stop that. Cause you got Dame coming up setting the screen, that one of the best shooters in the league. You know what I'm saying? You got Giannis, one of the best slashers in the league. And then they, a lot of times they had Chris Middleton in that opposite corner. So, like, when they, you know what I'm saying, they were blitzing a lot of the time. So, you know, they didn't really, they chose not to give up the three to Dame and to let Giannis, you know, just do his work in the paint. But, uh, you know, when they were blitzing and, you know, they were doubling, you know, Dame would always find Giannis in that pocket right there by the free throw line. And then, you know what I'm saying, like I said, Chris Milton in that other corner. So, now you at Giannis's mercy. You already have an advantage. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's four on three. And you got Giannis as one of the four. Boom, catching it at the free throw line. Now he can either kick it to Milton in the corner to, if, if the defense decides to help or they're overplaying it. Or, you know what I'm saying, one-on-one, -on -one, depending on who he got, man, he could just go straight to the rim. Or, you know, they had Brooke Lopez down there too. So, Brooke Lopez can possibly sometimes be in a dunker spot. Sometimes he'll be on the three-point line, depending on what play they're running. So, you could either have Brooke Lopez a kick out three. Because um, Dane usually bees either in the, in the middle of the floor or, like, more on the wing side. So, you have, you know – Brooke Lopez right there in that dunker spot, easy lob, seven-footer to seven-footer lob. And without Mitchell Robinson, it was really hard for the Knicks to really stop anything the Bucks did in the paint. It's already hard for, you know, any team to keep the Bucks out of the paint. Like I said, you got Giannis, you got Brooke Lopez, Dane can get to the paint. Dane can get to the paint. Milton can get to the paint. Beasley, uh, occasionally, one-on-one -on -one situation where he gets his guy up in the air and goes around him, but... Other than that, nah, man, I don't really see Beasley really being like an off-the-dribble type of guy. At least in my personal opinion, maybe I'm not too familiar with this game, but what from I've seen from him from his Lakers stint on, 
he's more of a catch-and-shoot type of player that can get extremely hot. Now, in the first half, he was getting buckets. Now, it was really him and Giannis doing most of the damage in the first half. And then in the second half, well, maybe like towards the end of the second quarter, it was more of Dane. Chris Milton came out there at the beginning of the fourth, though, and was just getting buckets. Hitting his little move and stuff like that, a little, a little double behind the back move he hit, and then that that crossover he got, like that hesitation cross he got. I think he got like two or three people with it. That pull up, pull up like fifteen footer, or you know what I'm saying, turn around fade. Man, like Chris Milton got a little bag on him. He's getting back to his form. You know, he was dealing a lot, dealing with a lot of knee injuries and stuff like that. So it's real good to see him. You know, starting to get back in his bag and start back. You know what I'm saying, playing well and hooping well. As far as the Knicks are concerned, like I said, no Mitchell Robinson. I think he's out for the season with an ankle injury. Um, really sad to see. Um, hopefully, you know, Mitch can come back next season and, you know, be helpful. I think he's only maybe like 25, 26. Mitchell Robinson isn't that old. I think he's still a young player. So hopefully he can bounce back and get back to being the type of player that the Knicks need him to be and the type of player that, you know, a lot of people enjoy watching around the league. Not saying that he's a guy that's going to go out and get a whole bunch of points, but if you're a defensive guy, a guy who likes rebounds, toughness, and stuff like that, Mitchell Robinson is your guy for sure, for sure. But uh, Brunson went off. Brunson went off. Like I said, 36.7 assists. Um, it really was just him and Randall. They really didn't have any help. Barrett, eh, we already know how Barrett is. Barrett is extremely, extremely streaky. Um, One game he can go for 20, 25. Next game he'll have like seven, so. Uh, he really didn't hit his shots today. He got seven rebounds, though, which is pretty good. Randall, you know, in the beginning of the game, it was more, you know, Randall was being extremely aggressive. But he kind of woke up a sleeper giant in Bobby Portis because it's just like they were getting into it. They was getting a little chippy. And uh, Randall was kind of pointing to his head like, I'm in your head. I'm in your head. And you really wasn't in his head, Drew. I ain't even going to lie to you, my boy. Like, that just pumped Bobby Portis up. Bobby Portis turned into... I don't know who he turned into. Offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, defense in general, corner shots. You know what I'm saying? That 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 mid-range game. Bobby Bobby Porter, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say he's a three-level scorer, but he can score from three levels if that makes sense. Like he's not I don't think Bobby Porter is like some bona fide shooter. Like that might be his like like his weakness. I wouldn't say oh necessarily a weakness, like out of the three levels where he scored, where he can score from, I think the three-point line is probably his weakest. Now, when it comes to them offensive rebounds, hustle rebound, putbacks, and, and that mid-range, that, that turnaround, he get that going good luck. And then you already got Dane going, Giannis going, and Middleton going. You not beating them, bro. You not beating them boys, bro. Pat Conson hit a couple of shots. Campaign hit a couple of shots. So, um, yeah, they play again on Christmas, so it's going to be really interesting to see what um Tom Thibodeau does. It's, his teams always play hard, and we already know the type of things that, you know, have been said. Even Beckham is saying, like, Jalen Brunson is not a player that's going to win you a championship. I mean, I can understand where she's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Historically looking at it, it hasn't been a lot of guys who have been of Jalen Brunson's stature and let their team but also I think the Knicks need another star like everybody's saying it's another they need another star which they do because RJ Barrett is a decent player don't get me wrong he's not no scrub or anything like that but I think for the Knicks to get where they want to go they might have to trade RJ I don't know if it's a hot take necessarily but uh yeah man they might have to trade RJ 
So let's go into the second NBA game of the day. We're going to go to my Clippers versus the Celtics. Um, two teams that I really watch and really like enjoy watching. As everybody knows, the Clippers are my favorite team, but the Celtics are, you know, are my second most watched team behind the Clippers. Like, I really like what they got going on, the Drew Holiday and Kristaps Persingas thing, putting them around there, White Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, Al Horford coming off the bench, you know, Payne Pritchard. Uh, so I really I'm I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the Celtics, but I definitely enjoy watching their games. Um, but my Clippers, we lost our second straight game, one forty five to one oh eight, second straight blowout. No Kawhi with a left hip contusion. Tatum went for thirty points, four rebounds, two assists. Brown went for twenty four six and two. Uh, Holiday went for twenty point six rebounds, seven assists. Derek White went for eighteen three and three. PG twenty one three and two. Zubat sixteen and ten. Harden. 14-4-9, and Daniel Tice had 15 points off the bench. We were never really in this game like that, bro. We we was never really in this game. I'm just going to go ahead and keep it 100 with you. It's just like, bro, once the Celtics got going, they got going, and it was nothing. It was a barrage. White was hitting shots. Holiday was hitting shots. Brown was hitting shots. Uh, like, we already know Tatum was hitting shots. Like, we were turning the ball over. We couldn't get in the flow. Um, by the time we started scoring consistently, man, it really, the game was really, like, really out of reach, man. I really just don't have too much to say about this game in particular. But um, the Celtics, they go on to play the Lakers who on Christmas Day who just won. They snapped their four-game loser streak. So it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, how Jason Tatum ankle looked. Now, it looked good this game, you know, getting to the rim, exploding, you know, hitting his shots. But uh, the Lakers, man, they hungry, you know. They fell down in the standings. Uh, I believe they're either eighth or ninth in the Western Conference currently, given the fact that they did just beat Oklahoma City tonight. Um, I'm going to talk about that game right after this one, but that's going to be a good matchup. Christmas Day, we got a heck of a, a heck of a slate of games, man. heck of a slate of games, football and basketball. I don't even know what I'm going to choose to, you know, cover for y'all, man, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best, but that, 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 Celtics and Lakers matchup for sure is definitely going to be one I'm turning into now. As far as the Clippers concerned, we started off the month nine and zero. Two last two games without Kawhi Leonard, we end up losing both being blowout losses. I'm really not liking how we look, and I'm really not liking the chemistry. I'm really not liking a lot of stuff about the team. Like we need Kawhi back. Like it's just like without Kawhi, it's just like we get lackadaisical, bro. When we really should. Uh, in my opinion, turn it up more when Kawhi not there because you don't. That's a star player you don't have. That's a you know what I'm saying. You can't sag that much. But I don't know. I guess everybody's roles with Kawhi out haven't been defined yet. I can understand that because they Kawhi. This is the second game he's missed. So basically, every game this season Kawhi has played. So you have a player, you know, a uh, uh, defensive player of the year, a uh, Finals MVP caliber player. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be hard for any team to you know, not necessarily replace it, but, you know, collectively get the production out the rest of their guys to make up for that player not playing, if that makes sense, being the long-winded answer of saying that. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Hopefully he can come back soon. Hopefully this ain't nothing where he misses an extended period of time. He just got to the point where he played the most consecutive games since, like, 2016-2017. I think it was 21-22. He played, like, the first 21, 22, maybe 23 games of the season, man. Um, 
Paul missed a little two games with the, with the little groin injury and the little shoulder being sick, whatever, whichever you want to call it. But at the same time, we were still able to pick up some decent wins. I still like how the team looked, even when Paul wasn't on the floor. I think Kawhi is our de facto, you know. He's definitely the closer, for sure. I don't know if he's necessarily the number one option, but Kawhi is the guy. And I was telling my homeboy this when I was on the phone with him earlier. That Kawhi is the guy who makes the play that calms the team down. Russ is probably the guy who makes the play that pumps the team up. But when the team needs to settle down, when we need that common factor, when we need a bucket just to get ourselves back together, that's Kawhi. Or we need a defensive stop, a block, a steal, you know what I'm saying? An altered shot or something like that. Kawhi is that guy. So, like I said, uh, two games without him, two blowout losses. Hopefully he can come back soon. If not, hopefully we can still pick up some wins because currently we was fourth in the West before this game. So I don't know if we dropped down to fifth. I know it's between. I know we're in the area with the Kings and the Mavericks and stuff like that. So let's get on to the third game, the Lakers and the Thunder, man. Old man Braun, man. You know what I'm saying? The Lakers was on a four-game losing streak. They ended up snapping it tonight with a 129-120 victory at OKC. Braun, 40 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 for 5 from 3, 15 points in the fourth quarter. The last 11 points for the Lakers, man. Anthony Davis, 26 points, 11 rebounds. Rui Hachimura leading the way off the bench, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Shea doing what Shea does, 34 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. J-Dub, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, 28.6 rebounds, 3 assists. Chet, you know, with a nice little double-double, 19-10, 3 blocks. Um, this game right here, I literally just got done watching this game maybe like 20, 30 minutes ago. And, you know, the score was close, but, you know, from like the second quarter on, I want to say, it's just like the Lakers just like turned it up on the Thunder for real. Like, it was close in the first quarter. Shea was doing his thing. Brown was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like what the Lakers did, um, switching the lineup up. Dar Ham has shown us that, you know what I'm saying, throughout the season he'll play with different lineups and stuff like that. Moving D'Angelo Russell basically to the bench, so have him and Austin Reeves coming off the bench for more defense. So now you, they had Braun at the point, basically uh, Twin Prince, Jaron Vanderbilt, uh, Cam Reddish. And Anthony Davis, I like that. That's a real defensive lineup right there. Just them three in the middle. Just them, you know what I'm saying, them four names right there. Reddish, Prince, Vanderbilt, Davis. That's a, that's a heck of a lot of defense. That's long arms right there. I really like that. With Braun at the point, you got Reddish and Prince who can knock down shots. Vanderbilt is good for defense. Um, You got AD who's a good two-way center. Like, and Really supposed to be the best player on the team. I don't know why he just won't take it over. I think he's just so used to Braun, like, being the best. I think AD, I think he's slowly getting into that role. Because when he came, I wouldn't even say he was, like, a complimentary piece to LeBron. But, like, you know, LeBron just, I think it's, like, it's similar to the Kyrie thing. Like, LeBron's like, all right, if I play with him, I got a chance to win a chip. I got a chance to win a chip year in and year out. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to score 50, you know what I'm saying, to win. But unlike what he had with Kyrie, this guy can also help me out on the defensive end, deter shots, block shots. He can even get steals. He can grab boards. 
AD can play make a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He can, you know, catch the ball, you know, make the right pass, and he, you know, seven feet tall, basically. So, I really like that, though. I really like that. I like Rui coming off the bench. I kind of like, I also like the Austin Reeves thing off the bench. You know, them two with uh, Jackson Hayes, or you can switch Jackson Hayes out with Christian Wood. Um, and now moving D'Angelo Russell to the bench, now you have two playmakers that come off the bench who can, you know, guys that can hit shots, create for others, and, you know, also create for themselves. So um, them two, them three going against any bench unit in the league um, really can do some damage depending on, you know, whether or not they got it going tonight. It was Rui's night. You know, he had it going with 21 points. We already know what Rui can do. Um, aggressive, always looking to, you know, put the ball in the hoop, can pass a little bit. But, you know, mainly looking to – he's like a Bobby Porter's type. Like, he looking to put that ball in that rim, and he looking to go get them rebounds. That's what Rui trying to do. He hit him with a little step back between the legs. I was like, oh, Lord, Rui in his bag tonight. Rocking the black mask. You know what I'm saying? Black mask Rui. Y'all y'all go ahead and comment down black, ma- black mask Rui if you made it this far in the episode. But, uh, crazy, crazy game. Uh, the Thunder ended up pulling it close towards the end of the game uh but the third quarter was really when the lakers busted the game open uh end up going by 26 they end up cutting it down to like 16 and towards the end of the quarter then you know they shot the lead right back up to about maybe 17 18 possibly like 19 in the fourth and then you know the thunder over time like they started cutting it down to 10 and like eight but like I said, that that man wearing number twenty three, that thirty eight year old, that guy who's in year twenty one, decided like, nah, I got this. I'm going to score fifteen points. I already scored twenty five points. I'm going to score fifteen. I'm going to score fifteen in the fourth, and I'm gonna score the last eleven points just to you know help seal the game away. And I'm gonna go five for five from the three point line. Like LeBron James going five for five from the three point line, bro. You're not beating him, bro. Like I said, AD had his 26 and Rui had his 21. Chet did good. He struggled. He's been struggling from the three-point line lately. Like, early in the season, Chet was hitting his threes. I think um, Chet was probably shooting anywhere from, like, 30, 35% to maybe even close to 40. But uh, lately, he's just been struggling. I think this game he went, I want to say he knocked down one three, but it was like he went, like, one for six. I know he went 0 for five. He missed his first five threes. So, like, that's very difficult, bro. Like, that's very difficult. But the Thunder are a good young team, man. I'm really starting to enjoy watching the Thunder. I think I'm going to start tuning into their more of their games because, like, they got everything. And this is what I was debating with my homeboy earlier about as well. Like, look, the Thunder, they just young and they need the experience. But they got the star player. They got the playmaker. They got the defensive stopper. They got the defensive – they got the rim protection. And they got the Swiss Army knife. You know what I'm saying? Shea. Josh Giddy, J Dub, Chet, and Lou Dort. You know what I'm saying? So they got they got everything. I, I know I didn't name everything what they do, but they got five players. Then they got Isaiah Joe off the bench. I really like his game. Um is it Casey Wallace? Carson Wallace? Um, young backup guard, the rookie. I really like his game too. He can play make a little bit, you know, he can shoot the three. Uh I, like I said, Isaiah Joe is just a straight up marksman like. But he can get a little, you can get a little, you know, a little dribbly with it now. Don't don't get it confused. He can hit you with a little bam bam, you know what I'm saying? Get his shot off or bam bam, get to the rim or bam bam, you know what I'm saying? Dish off. Uh, 
Then they still got the other Jalen Williams coming off the bench. So, like, the Thunder, man, they're just young and need some experience. But I think within the next five years, bro, the Thunder are going to be somebody to, you know, deal with. And they still got a heck of a ton of picks, bro. Like, you don't understand that they're the second-place team in the West right now. They're the second seed. They're the second-best defense in the NBA. I don't think nobody on their team, like, it's really even over the age of 25, and they have a plethora of picks, bro. Like, this is a dangerous team, bro. This is a dangerous team, bro. This is a team I'm definitely going to start tuning into more often. I really started to, you know, I ain't going to say I fell in love with Shea game yet, but I'm getting there, though. Like, bro, it's just, it reminds me of old school basketball, like early 2000s basketball. Like, yeah, I might hit a three. I might shoot a three every now and again. Like, the game against... I want to say the Clippers. That's the most threes I ever seen Shea shoot. I think he shot like five or six threes. Like I, Shea doesn't shoot that many threes. Like he's gonna go, get to his spot, give you a little bump, or give you some type of fake, or you know what I'm saying, get you off balance, step back, cash, or he gonna get to the rim, dunk on you, lay the ball up, and one. He gonna get to that free throw line. He gonna draw fouls, and he grab rebounds, and he got, and he can still dish the ball. Don't get me wrong, he can still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I ain't saying Magic Johnson type, but he can dish. And then he can still, you know, long arms. Think shape about what? 6'6? Six, six, block your shot. And I can rip you. Like, and he can play passing lanes. Like, what more do you want from your star player than that? And I'm averaging 30. I'm averaging 30 for the second season in a row, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Like, Shea is that guy. Shea is that guy for real. But like I said, I'm definitely going to start tuning in to more Thunder games, man. Um, now let's get to the NFL portion of things. Bengals and Steelers. The Bengals. Boy, boy, boy. No Jamar Chase. No Joe Burrow. They got smacked. 31 to 11. Mason Rudolph, 17, 27, 290, two touchdowns. Najee Harris, man, 19 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. Pick is on his Randy Moss-ish for sure. Four receptions, 195 yards, two touchdowns. <sighs> Jake Browning, he went 28 of 42, 335, one touchdown, three. Uno, dos, tres, three interceptions. Joe Mixon, <laughs> subpar game in my opinion, 11 carries, 43 yards. T. Higgins, five receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. This game wasn't competitive, bro. I'm going to just go ahead and kick it to you real life. This game was not competitive. The Steelers had put up like 24 points before halftime. Now, you just think about how the Steelers been these last, what, five, six seasons. The Steelers had 24 points before halftime. Most of their games this season, they haven't even scored 24 points. I think when they had the most yards, they had in like the last three, four years, three, four seasons, they still didn't have 24 points. They put up 20. They had 24 points at halftime, bro. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what they was doing during the week, but whatever they need to do. I mean, of course, being a Bills fan, I kind of like need them to like, you know, start playing how they were playing just so my team can make it. You feel me? But like at the same time, it's like, bruh, where was this all season? And I know a couple of Steelers fans, like I know about good, I say about good four or five of them. 
a good four or five Steelers fans, bro. And they just say the offense is just trash. And rightfully so. I, I can I can understand why they would take that take. The defense is up there entirely too much. It's impossible for them to move the ball. They got guys they can get the ball to. They got Harris. They got Pickens. They got Johnson. It's just they need guys that can get them the ball, and they need guys to block so the quarterback can get them the ball. But Mason Rudolph in this game, bro, he was like, I mean, I already know the system. You just got, you know what I'm saying, plug and play, and he was good to go. Um, Can he sustain that for the rest of the season? Who knows? I don't know when Kenny Pickett is coming back, but I also don't know if Kenny Pickett is that guy per se. You know what I'm saying? This is technically his second season in the league, so it's kind of really early to determine whether or not he's he's that guy or not. But at the same time, you need to get him an offensive line to block for him so you can really see if he's that guy or not because it seems like every week, every other week, or you know what I'm saying, every time he comes back, he probably lasts like two games, and then he get hurt again because you don't block for the man. Like, you don't block for him. Um, but, yeah, the Bengals on the road at Pittsburgh. No Joe Burrow, no Jamar Chase. Definitely an extremely hard game for them. Um, Higgins showed up. Um, Browning, who had been playing well over the last three weeks, I think he's been last three weeks he's went over 275 for sure, like every single week. You know what I'm saying? Last week when they were at home against Minnesota, that which was a shootout, T. Higgins made probably the catch of the year for sure. Like I don't know if anybody's topping that catch. The catch alone, then to extend over for the touchdown. Okay, yeah, but you still need your number one receiver, and you still need QB one, man. You still need QB one, especially in a division game where literally it's it's the Ravens' division to lose, and then whoever gets in after that is like up for grabs. Cleveland, I think, holds the fifth spot in the AFC, but like one more team can possibly get in, depending on how things shake up. But uh, Cincy, bro. Cincinnati, bro. That was tough. That was tough. So let's get on to the second NFL game that happened. My Bills were on the road, basically, and played the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. We end up winning this game 24-22. to uh, 22. Josh Allen went 15-21 for 237. One touchdown, one interception. James Cook, 20 carries for 70 yards. Two fumbles. Gabe Davis, he went... Uh, for four receptions, 130 yards. Hold on. Log back into my computer real fast. But yeah, um, Gabe Davis, he went for four receptions, 130 yards, and a uh, touchdown. Easton Stick went for tw- went 23 or 33 for 215. He also had a rushing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Austin Eckler had 15 carries for 65 yards, and uh. Josh Palmer, five receptions for 47 yards. I expected us to blow the Chargers out. Even though we was on the road, man, this is a game we should just put our foot on their neck and just stomp the boys out, bro. I have no idea what we had going on, bro. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, I really don't know what to tell you. I don't really understand, like, why we couldn't just step on their neck, bro. This game was a lot more closer than what it needed to be. I think the Bills were at 12 and a half before the game started. Well, when I checked last night, the Bills were at like 12 and a half, brother. You know what I'm saying? Basically a two-touchdown favorite. And we won by two. Now, a lot of that is attributed to the three turnovers that we had. Um, we had a total of Josh threw a pick. Uh, Cook had two fumbles. We recovered one of them, but we lost the other one. And then Hardy had a fumble, which we lost. So, 
that really just kept that really just kept the Chargers in it, man. Like them guys kicked like a bazillion field goals, man. Like a bazillion field. It felt like they kicked like a bazillion field goals, bro. And they were just able to stay in the game, and we just couldn't put the game away. We had four punts on the game. You know what I'm saying? That's possessions that we should have put the ball in the end zone. Like, come on, bro. Got to do better. Trying to chase Miami. I think Miami right now is 10 and 4, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I want to say Miami's either 10, of, 10 and 4 or 10 and 5. No. No. They're 10 and 4. Okay, yeah, because they still got to play this week and then two more weeks. But. We still got an outside shot of winning the division, man. So we gotta we gotta play a lot better, especially given the fact that we are gonna play Miami in Week 18. Like, can't be slashing, can't be giving the ball away, can't be you know putting the ball. We gotta and then we gotta stop teams too. We can't let teams draw down the field to kick a bazillion field goals and keep themselves in the game, bro. This game probably should this game should could have easily been like 35-7, 42-7. But we just keep making the same mistakes, bro. Giving the ball up, bro. That's our biggest Achilles heel right now is turnovers. Turnovers. Got to stop turning the ball over, bro. Once the playoffs come, bro, we can't give teams who are going to be in the playoffs extra possessions and also take possessions away from ourselves, bro. Now, if we want to get to our ultimate goal to win the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying. And I got a red Josh Allen jersey right here. It's right here. Hanging up. I got me a Paul George jersey right here. You can't see it probably, but come on, man. We got to do better, fellas. Got to do better. Especially with Miami at the last game of the season, bro. We got to do better for sure. Now, let's go ahead and talk about... Um, I'm going to finally give my comments on the Draymond situation, man. That's going to be the last segment before we close it out. So the NBA saying Draymond's gonna be out for at least three weeks. He has a whole bunch of team and league requirements to meet before he can be reinstated to the league or come back or stuff like that. I think he is still practicing with the team. I don't think he has been practicing with the team, but I think he's able to practice with the team. So um, I've been holding off on it. I've been seeing a lot of people say stuff about it, and you know, given the fact of the Warriors have really like been struggling this season. Clay hasn't been playing the best. Wiggins hasn't been playing his best. You know, Draymond's been up and down. You know, some games he'll you know, he'll give you like ten points, you know, uh maybe nine rebounds, nine assists, something like that. And then other games he'll just you know what I'm saying, he got seven. And it's been one game I think he scored like twenty one. So, you know, Draymond's starting to find the confidence back in his shot, but you're you're constantly getting suspended so you're not able to find a rhythm and you're also throwing off the rhythm of the team because the team needs you and now guys are having to play extra minutes or do a different thing than what they were accustomed to doing or you know what they were coming to the season planning on doing now also playing Wiggins not playing the best but you know Clay I think he's scored at least 20 points in the last four or five games straight so Clay's been coming back and rounding back out the form, but you still need that cohesion with him, Draymond, and Curry. Like, you need that. And then you need to see how that fits with Chris Paul, then with Moody, and then Kaminga, and uh, B-Pods. I like B-Pods. I can't say his last name, so I just call him Pods. Um, I like him, too. You know what I'm saying? I really like what the Warriors, they got a couple of young guys. They still got uh, 
think GP2 is still injured. I think he's still dealing with a calf. Like, you still got Looney, you know what I'm saying? So, and Moody, you know, so it's not like they don't have they don't have a bad team. It's just not the Warriors team that we are accustomed to seeing. There's no more Jordan Poole, so there is not that third extremely dangerous three-point threat. I think they need to still find that. I do like Kaminga, his two-way ability. I think he just get a little over-aggressive at times. So, um, him with Draymond being out, he's going to get a lot of um, – He's gonna get a lot of play. B Pos is gonna get a lot of play. Like the young guys, uh, Tracy, Jackson, Davis. You know what I'm saying? I like they backup big coming off. Sarge is a decent big who fits what they're trying to do. But as far as like Draymond within itself, like I think the suspension is warranted, bro. Given the fact of how consistently this is like your second suspension like this season. You already they already let you slide with the Jordan Poole thing. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. If it was talked about in-house, whatever, I wasn't there. I can't really speak on that too much. But, like, you were, it's a history. Like, you have a repeated history of, like, striking players. I wouldn't necessarily even, like, talk about, like, just getting into a refs and yelling at refs and all that other stuff. Cool. I understand that. It happens. So, getting takes that way. But you have a legit history of striking players. Like, Yerkich. Um. I don't the group the go bear thing I don't I ain't really too much into it. He just put dude in the headlock. He ain't really do nothing to breath for real. Ain't like he really just like cinched it in on him or something like that. He just yoked him up and let him know something though, you feel me? But uh Steven Adams. I think he hit LeBron in the nuts one time, stumping on Sabonis. You know what I'm saying? You have a history of of of, of hitting people, bro. You know what I'm saying? Nah, bro. You got to sit down for a little minute, bro. You got to. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you can come back this season. Hopefully the Warriors can get back to being what the what the Warriors were. Not necessarily saying that, you know, they're going to be a contender, but just playing Warriors basketball where game in and game out, you know this is a tough team and you know this is not going to be an easy win if you do win. So um, hopefully everybody say he need help. I don't think he crazy or nothing like that. Um, I don't think it's like a mental issue. I don't know what it could be, though. What could it be? What y'all think could be wrong with Draymond Green, man? Y'all let me know down in the comments below, man. Me, personally, I don't know what it could be, bro. He could. I don't know, man. I don't know. I seen, I think it was UD. Udonis has him saying he only doing that to players he know ain't going to hit them back. I believe it's a little bit of truth to that because – I think when it comes to, like, being competitive in sports, you'll go at a guy who's like a dog. But when it comes to, like, fighting and put your hands on somebody, I think if, if a guy got a history of, all right, bro, don't play with me, like, like you don't try me. Everybody who tried me, you know what I'm saying, they paid the cost. Like, people weren't really trying Ron Artest like that. You feel me? Like, Ron Artest, people weren't trying UD like that, I don't think. Like, players who known for, like, we could squabble anytime. Like, we could squabble for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Players are not, them type of players are not really getting tried in that aspect. Now, a team might try and get them a take and thrown out. I understand that. But as far as like putting hands on people, nah, it ain't good. Nah. Nah. So I understand where UD is coming from on that tidbit. But hopefully, Draymond can, uh, you know, get right mentally. I know he's going to stay in shape physically. 
and hopefully he can just come back and be the guy that the Warriors, you know, be. Now, a lot of teams are saying, a lot of people are saying he's not coming back this season and that the Warriors should trade him. Um, I can understand that, too, given the fact of, like, when, when and if he comes back, what version of Draymond are you getting? So I can understand, like, or I can just understand of them just being tired of it anyway. They don't want to have, you know, Kurt, the rest of Curry's prime because Curry's at the tail end of his prime. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that he's on the downward trajectory or anything, but, like, Curry is definitely, like, definitely towards the back half of his prime. He's closer to the back end of his prime than he is to the front end of his of his uh prime for sure, so. You don't want to waste the last few amazing years left of Steph Curry, so a trade might be warranted. I think they said the Dallas Mavericks were the favorite. I don't know how how I would feel about that. How would y'all feel about possibly Draymond with Luka and Kyrie? That could be dangerous. Not the same type of shooting power, but still dangerous nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. But uh, it felt good to get one of these episodes out, man. I was real nervous at the beginning. I didn't even have my sound on to start recording, but uh, I got to get back in the flow. I got to get back to bringing y'all more YouTube content, man. But uh, I'm just grinding right now, bro. Just trying to get me some different equipment so I can make higher level, higher quality content for y'all, bro. You know what I'm saying? Understand that maybe the YouTube channel hasn't been taken off as much as I want to because, you know what I'm saying, I haven't been making higher quality content due to the resources that I have available. But, uh, I'm going to start putting more time in. I'm going to start putting more videos in. And, uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, y'all enjoy. But, uh, like I said, this has been your boy, Dolo J. Like I said, if you're on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Spotify, make sure you follow. Go ahead and pre-download all episodes, man. And if you decide to play it, play it. Cool. Leave a five-star review if you like the episode. And if you want to talk, chat it up. Like I said, be in the comments of YouTube or, you know, Spotify. It's a little comment. It's a little question that's being asked after every episode. Basically, do you like the episode? You can also find me wherever you listen to audio podcasts, man. This has been your boy Dolo J. Y'all know what we do, and y'all know how we do. So, without further ado, I'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace. <laughs>